0: Fans? Uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> we got a lot of them. The is yeah. Well, here you right. <laughs> we go. Clemson lost. Right. Clemson lost the game later than USC lost the game. That's a good thing. So it's a, it's a great thing. I don't like Ohio State. I'm just happy they beat Clemson. That made my night. Uh, and here comes the NFL playoffs. All kinds of good stuff happening this year in 2021. God's gonna be. Glorified, And God's going to have an awesome movement. As I've been praying about 2021, it's not only been about football, but I've been praying about what God would have for our church this year. Last year, the word that God kept bringing to my heart was this word maturation, to grow in maturity. And a lot of our people grew in maturity last year. It was a beautiful thing. They grew in their love for the word of God and their desire for God. And then I was like, God, what do you want for us this year? So I drove to Ohio and the whole way to Ohio I was praying, God, what do you want for us? And then he just dropped this word on me. It's transformed or transformation. God brought to my heart and I was like, well, God, what do you want with this word? What what does this mean? God started to tell me he's going to bring transformation to the church this year. Transformation. Everybody in this church will be transformed. Everybody in the big C church will be transformed. And the world outside of the church will be transformed through our transformation, through who? Jesus, right? Jesus wants to transform us. Jesus wants to bring something new out of something old. How cool is that? Jesus wants to bring a new vessel a new vessel out of a broken vessel. Jesus wants to bring someone who feels like they're worthless into something with all the worth in the entire world. And then he wants them to understand the worth that they possess. Jesus wants to take all the brokenness that we've experienced in our lives And he wants it to bring into completeness. He wants to make it make sense to you this year. He wants to show you the newness that is contained inside of you this year. He wants to show you who you were created to be so that you can show others who they are created to be. Jesus wants our church to be transformed and to live in transformation. Now, it doesn't mean that our church is full of non-believers. It means that God wants to do a new work in our believers and in our unbelievers. And so as we pursue 2021, we will see God make these awesome movements. These movements which we've never seen before. You will become a new person this year. Not because you signed up for the gym membership. Not because you said you're going to start eating better and you bought all these protein shakes. and You're like, okay. Not eating real food for three weeks. Day three, eating real food, right? Like you're eating a whole pizza by yourself. Like we're not looking for the new year's resolutions, we're looking for the new year transformation. We're not looking to set these goals. It's not what we're doing as a church. We're not setting these goals that we want to achieve. We're allowing God to change us, and as he changes us, change the world. Our sole goal this year is to be transformed to glorify God. How does that sound? We're not setting a mark for what we want to do. We are going to do what Christ wants us to do through the transformation that's happening in our hearts and in our church. But as we jump into that, I want to tell you guys some exciting things that happened in 2020. Last year, our church set out to love God and love others, to grow in maturity. This year, we're going to love God and love others and grow in our transformation but last year, us as a church, we were able to get $40,000 into our community. How good is that? Right? Like $40,000 into our community. That was almost half of our budget. As the a, as a, as a budget team, which our budget team is here today, Parker and Angel. Will you guys raise your hands? So if you guys see Parker and Angel, they're our finance team. Also Lauren, but she's not here today. But Parker and Angel can answer any financial questions that you have. We've worked with them to create a new budget for this year, for 2021. If you'd like to see that budget, it'll be available probably in February after we get it approved by the leadership team. But you as a church, you're more than welcome to take a look at that budget, look at it, see what's going on. Or just to be like, well, next year I think we need to change this. We're totally open to hearing that. But we'll have that available for you in a couple weeks. And in our budget this year, everything is based around loving God and loving others. We've prayed over the budget. we worked hard over the budget. We feel like we've come up with something that glorifies God. And so this year, we're going to pour money into our community. We're going to pour time into our community. And we're going to pour our hearts into our community. Last year, we were baptized 28 new believers. 28 new believers came into relationship with Jesus last year. 28. That's for two years. Do you know how many? We baptized 56. 56 new believers. It's not about the numbers for our church. It's about the transformation that's happening in the body of Christ. 56. Let me put that in perspective for you. Some churches haven't baptized somebody in 10 years in South Carolina and Spartanburg. Their baptisms haven't been used in years. God is doing something special in our church because of the transformation that's taking place in us and the way that we're loving God and loving others. There's nothing special about who we are except for that Jesus loves us. And because of that, because of our willingness to go and to love God and love other people, we're seeing people come into relationship with Jesus. Do you know where those people are coming into relationship with Jesus? Bella Latte. They're coming into relationship through personal conversations, through sharing our stories. Just this week, Lord Napier sat down with a, a girl and started discipling her and led her into relationship with Jesus. All the power is contained inside of us in the power of Jesus. Everybody wants it. Nobody doesn't want the gospel. The only people who say they don't want the gospel are people who want it so badly, but their pride keeps them from accepting it. We have to do better this year. 28 is good. But I want to see 56 in one year. Right? Not so that I can say that I baptized 56 people. But so that we can see 56 people healed from death and brought into life. How good would that be? Very good How good man. would that be? Are you guys on board for that? Yeah. You guys don't yeah. seem on board with me today. Are you all on board with that? Yeah. You guys want to see transformation happen in the lives of your friends and your family? I have people in this room right now who have people in their personal family. A husband's wife's kids, mothers, grandmothers, all of that. Who are lost. Who are desperate for something. Who need something. Who need to be healed. But we haven't taken the opportunity to share with them the healing. So this year, we are going to show them the healing through our transformation to help them enter into their transformation. Are you all ready for that? Yes. yes. I need you guys on board because I can't do it alone. Are you all ready for that? Oh, yeah. yeah, let's do it. See, 2020 was really good. I know COVID happened. But God has a reason for COVID. Can you all feel me on that for just a moment? God doesn't waste a pen stroke. God's got a reason for this. God's doing something. Everybody said, church is going to decline. This is the end of the church in 2020 because people are just not going to come anymore. I don't believe that and I don't feel that because the church is bigger than a Sunday morning. The church is bigger than numbers. The church is something that can't be taken away because Christ died for his church. So even though it feels anxiety, you feel fear. Let's let's take this word anxiety and call it what it really is. We feel fear because we don't know what's going to happen. Can I tell you something? Jesus does. And all in 2020, he was showing us what that was. And all in 2020, he kept us exactly where we needed to be. In all of 2020, he helped his church, he served his church, and he glorified himself through his church. And so as we go into 2021, still with some level of uncertainty, we don't know what's going to happen. We know that COVID is real. We know we're going to take all the precautions that we can. That's why we bought these machines that eliminate it. That's why we wear masks when we go places. That's why we stay six feet from people. We, we want to understand that this is a real thing, but we can't let this thing stop us from being the church God has called us to be. And in 2021, we won't want that to happen because God is going to transform it. Yes. God is going to transform us. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying God is going to transform COVID and be like, it's gone. <laughs> That's not what he's going. I'm not Kenneth Copeland up here right now. Even though Drew accused me of that. I'm just kidding. But it's like, that's not what it is right now. But God has a plan for this. I want you to understand God has a plan for this. He's going to work in this. I want you to understand that 2021 is going to be the best year of the church that we've ever seen. Not our church, but the church. That's a bold statement. God is going to move in 2021 more than he moved during the Roman Empire. God is going to move in 2021 more than he did in the first church. Yes, God is going to move because this church is ready to see it move. Are y'all ready to see him move? Yes.
1: Are y'all ready to be the
0: church? Are yes. y'all ready to let this fear be cast out by the perfect love of Jesus Christ in the perfect certainty of who he is? Yes. Because we are his church. God is in the business of transformation. In 2020, we saw God take the church, his church, this church, from Drayton to Clifton. We see God fill this building with Beautiful people with people being baptized with new believers. We see God taking something and transforming it into something new. Not two churches, but one church becoming one through the power of Jesus Christ in the bonding and transformative power of his blood. How good is that? If this can happen, anything can happen. If this can happen, anything can happen. If people can be healed, if in Egypt the Coptic Christians could see a pyramid move because they prayed over it, then what else can happen? If in Scripture we see a murderer transformed into a man who writes most of the Bible through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what more could happen? If we can see God take me and turn me into somebody who follows him, what more could happen? If someone can take you and turn you into somebody who follows him, what more could happen? If God can use Bobby, what the world? God can use anybody. (laughs) Right, Bobby? You know what I'm talking about. Bobby got baptized in a pink kiddie pool. (laughs) If Bobby did that and turned it into something good, what else can he take and move? What else can he transform? He can transform you. He can transform your family. He can transform your life. He can transform the person in your life who's on drugs and can't get off. He can transform the person in your life who's drinking so much just to forget about their lives. My sister is 38 years old she has three kids she had a stroke last year from drinking too much in her left brain this year she had another stroke in her right brain <clears throat> right now she's in a hospital with a brain bleed she might pass away anymore but I'm trusting that God has transformative power and to heal or to take her to heaven to be with him because even an alcoholic even a drug addict can be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ y'all feel me on that you can be transformed Maybe your battle is depression. You can be transformed. Maybe your battle is low self-worth. You can be transformed. Maybe your battle is your past mistakes, your hurt. Maybe your battle is your pride. I heard somebody tell me one time, his biggest battle is that he wants to make everybody feel inferior intellectually. And he was a pastor. And he's a good dude, but that was his battle. You might have a battle like that. Maybe you're just trying to be the one-upper on everybody. Maybe you're just feeling so insecure right now that you have to find your security and your intellectuality. Maybe that's you. Or maybe your pride just keeps you back. Let God transform you this year because he can do it. God is in the business of transformation, right? Let me show you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Y'all, we're going to go through the whole Bible this year. In one year, we're going to go through this whole Bible. On Sunday morning. Not one verse at a time. We're going to make it all the way through. Genesis 1, verse 1. Okay, here's what it says. You ready? You ready for me to drop some knowledge on you? Because I know you don't know what this says. There's no way you've ever read this before. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it, was called, and it was so. God called the vault the sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. See, what right here is what we're seeing is that God is in the business of transformation. It says it was dark and it was formless and it was void. And God took it and he created light. He created darkness. He separated through a vault the sky from the earth, the waters from the water. God is in the business of transformation. If he can take a darkness, emptiness, incompleteness, something that is only darkness, something that is void of light, and turn it into this, what more can God do in your life? I think we forget about this a lot of the times. We forget that God is in the business of transformation. And through his voice, he can change, he can create, and he can transform. Think about that for just a moment. It was darkness and it was void. There was nothing. The only thing that was, was the Spirit of God hovering above the darkness in the emptiness. Think about the darkest place that you've ever been and ever seen. And you open your eyes and you still can't see. The formlessness, the void. The darkness, it feels like you feel this fear. You feel like you've got nowhere to go, and you begin to freak out. You're like, I don't know where anything is. I, I don't know how to feel. I can't touch anything. I can't see where I'm going. I can't see the other people in my life. I feel like I'm completely and totally empty and alone. That's what God took and turned into light. God took the earth formless and void and dark and put light into the world and transformed it into this, into where we live, into us, into everything that happens. God spoke into existence through the power of transformation through his word. And maybe here today you feel darkness. And you feel void you feel like you've got nowhere to go. You feel like you can't see anybody that's with you because you're completely alone. Have you ever felt alone? You ever felt like nobody cares about you, like you got nowhere to go? I know 2020 for some of you was the most lonely year of your entire life. And here's the deal. You can feel lonely when you've got people around you. You can feel completely alone right now when you've got people on each side of you. you want to know why you feel alone? Because you don't believe that you're worthy to be transformed into something beautiful. You feel alone because you're not willing to be vulnerable, to be willing to be intimate with somebody else, with God, and so you remain alone because even though the darkness is formless and void, even though it's scary, sometimes the darkness is the most comfortable place that we can be because we know it. So we choose to remain in the darkness. When God is hovering above you and saying, All I wanna do is, I wanna make you new. All I wanna do is I wanna transform you. All I wanna do is for you to come with me. All I wanna do is for you to leave this place and enter into this one. All I want you to do is be new. All I want you to do is be loved. All I want you to do is feel like you are valued. All I want you to do is know that I'm not out to hurt you. All that I want you to do is know that I love you. All that I want you to do is what happened 10 years ago what happened 15 years ago, what happened five minutes ago, has been completely forgiven through the blood of my son, Jesus Christ. And I just want you to understand that you're worth more to me than me hurting you. You're worth more to me than me shooting a lightning bolt at you. I'm not out to get you. I'm out to save you. That's what Jesus wants for us. He wants to turn our formlessness, our void, and our darkness into light. But just as there was light, there was also darkness. So just as Jesus turns us into light, there'll be times of darkness, because times of darkness are what the yin and the yang of sin and evil, of evil and good. Because this world is not completely and totally sinless, there'll be times of light, there'll also be times of darkness. Because even though God is calling us, even though God is with us, we still like that darkness just a little. the cool thing about the darkness, is that it has not overcome us, as John chapter 1 says. The darkness has not understood the light. The darkness has not overcome the light. So even in our valleys of darkness, which you might be in right now, you might be waiting for Superman God to come up in here to swipe you up like Spider-Man did Mary Jane. You might be waiting for that. And every day you wake up and you're like, God, when's it going to happen? I'm ready to be taken out of the darkness. Come and get me. Well, Here's the simple thing. You got to move your feet. You got to move your feet. God chases you down. but You got to put your hand up and grab a hold of his. When Peter got off the boat and he walked on the water. He was walking on the water, and then some wind came, and he took his eyes off of Jesus. And what happened? He began to sink. Now, this is a weird thing. He began to sink, but his hand was held out high. His hand was held out high. It doesn't say he was screaming. It doesn't say he was scared. It just says that his hand was held out high. And the next thing that he knew, that hand was grabbed of by the hand of Christ. Because even though when it feels like we're sinking, we just got to reach out that hand and God's going to grab a hold of it. But we're not, he's not going to come in and save us like a superhero because we got to put out our hand. And some of us are just scared to put out our hand. Some of us are scared to let God transform us because we know it's going to be different. Some of us are scared to let God transform us because we want to keep what makes us comfortable you know what makes us comfortable? Sin. You know what sin is? Disobedience to God. You know what we do with it? We keep it. And then we ask God for forgiveness. And then we do it again and we ask God for forgiveness. And then we do it again and we ask God for forgiveness. forgiveness. Then we do it again and we ask God for forgiveness. And that's amazing. That's good. Here's the deal. Every time you continue to live in that same sin, what you're saying to God is I know that you can transform me. I know that you want to transform me, but I'm going to have to stay in this place. And you can transform me a little bit at a time, but I can't give this up. Even though I know you love me, even though that I know this isn't my defining who I am, I'm going to choose to remain here in this sin. And even though you want me, I want to stay right here. Even though I know you love me, I want to stay right here. See, 2021 is the year where you say, God, this is God. This is no longer a part of me. The only thing that I am is yours. I know that I will sin, but I will not continue to choose the sin that plagues me. I will not continue to live in the sin, saying, Well, I have forgiveness, I can live in this sin. Paul says it perfectly in Romans. My body, my soul. My soul wants good, I want to do good, but my body is constantly at odds with my soul. Even though I want to do good, I do bad. And even though I don't want to do bad, I can't do good. What is wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. Paul says that's how a human is. We are disobedient, we are sinners. But here's where we gotta remember. Even though this is who we are, doesn't mean that we can just say this is who we're gonna be. Right? A drug addict is a drug addict. A drug addict has a disease. But a drug addict can't just say, well, I'm a drug addict, so I'm gonna stay here for the rest of my life. I'm a drug addict. I don't do drugs, but I have an addictive personality. So what do I do? I have to constantly deny myself the things that my body wants for the things that God wants for me. Now what in your life is God telling you to let go of but you're just continuing to pull yourself back into it. You're continuing to say, well I can have this and God. Let me tell you something. You can but it won't be as good as it could be. God doesn't want you to remain in this darkness when you can come into the light. The book of Ephesians says that everything that is in darkness will eventually be brought to light. And God is in the business of transformation. Why don't you quit trying to keep it in the darkness and bring it to light so that he can help you get rid of it? You want to stop being an addict? Then let God transform it. And let God use the things that he's placed in this world through the power of Jesus Christ to help you get out of it. Let God use the people that he's placed in your life to help you get out of it. Maybe you're a man or you're a woman and you feel like you need constant contact with somebody else. You feel like you can't be alone. You feel like you have to be with somebody else. You feel like you need the validation of another person. Let God bring you out of it. Let God transform it. Let God whisper sweet nothings into your ear because that's how he sees you. Become content with who you are in Christ and not who you are with someone else. Or maybe it's your bank account. Maybe your bank account, that's your, that's your 100%. This is what keeps me safe. This is allowing me to keep going. Why don't you let God transform your bank account this year? What does that mean? I didn't come into this thinking about talking about money, by the way. This is from the Spirit. So let's say, what does that mean for God to transform your bank account? It means to let God have control of what He's given you. Can we, can we think about that for just a moment? How many of you are sitting in there and you're stacking up your bank account every single week, but you ain't giving nothing to God? You're like, God, thank you for blessing me with this. The end. How many of you are stacking those, just stacking it, right? Just getting it, just getting it. You got a bank account so fat, you got a bank account so thick that you're good forever. And you're just saying, well, this is my comfort. This is who I am. This is how I'll retire. This is how I'll be this. This is how I know that I can get gas. This is how I know this, this, and that. What if God wants to transform your bank account and he wants to show you why he gave you that money? God just doesn't give us money so that we can feel good. God doesn't just give us money so that we can buy a house. God doesn't just give us money so that we can buy a car. God doesn't just give us money so that we can buy shoes. God gives us that money so he can transform somebody else's life through the power of Christ and so that his church can transform. What if this year God wants to transform your bank account? That doesn't have to be given to the church. I'm not saying this so that you'll give your money to the church. I'm saying this because God wants to transform it, and he wants you to let go of the idol which possesses you in the name of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. You know who has the the biggest love of money in the entire world? Me. When I was dealing drugs, my addiction wasn't drugs. My addiction was money. It was make as much money as I possibly can. I'll be safe because my parents didn't have money. So I needed to make money so that I could feel safe, so that I could feel secure, so that I knew that I was good. And then when God called me to his heart, when God started to transform me, he started to make me ungrip my tightness on that money. And then he said, hey, you know how I'm going to take this addiction away from money? I'm going to make you make a whole lot less of it. And then he showed me what he can do with my money when I let go of it. He showed me that I can still get a house when I let go of it. He showed me that I can still have two nice cars when I just let go of it. He showed me that he can do more with what he's given me than I can do with what he's given me. How good is that? How good is that? How many of y'all are getting stimulus checks tomorrow? A lot of you. What are you gonna do with them? That savings account's about to go up 600 bucks. Or you're about to buy that 600 pair of Jordans that you've been waiting for since you were 17 years old. Or you're like, I'm about to get these nails then. New, New wheels for my, that, that's just you, but yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we already got those things. We already got those things. And here's the deal, some of us haven't even lost anything. We're about to get a stimulus check tomorrow. What can God do with that? What can the church do with that? I'm going to challenge you. Let God transform your bank account. Let God transform your bank account. You get that in tomorrow, give it to somebody who you know has been hurting this year. Don't, don't, you don't even got to give it to the church. Give it to someone who's been hurting this year. Or you get that in, you're like, okay, I'm going to give it to the church. I, I'm fine with that. This church is about loving God and loving others. We are his church. We support this church through what he's given us. All of us. All of us. Right? All of us. This church lost $3,000 a month last year. I didn't have fear. God took care of us. We still give away for. How good is that? Money don't control me. Money doesn't set what we're going to do as a church. But I tell you something, God can use this money, God can use this to transform that community out there. God can use us being willful and obedient. God can use our 10% to make it 100%. Some of us in here, we wouldn't have even miss 10%. Some of us in here, we wouldn't miss 5%. Some of us in here, we would have missed 50%. But we're holding on to it like nobody's business. We're going to get our stimulus checks tomorrow we're going to go out. Some of you might be paying bills, and if you're paying bills, you do that. Some of you are, I think I just went up 600 bucks. There goes that 401k. That's awesome. If Jesus comes back before you get to use it, you're sweet. What if we let God transform our relationships this year? Some of y'all in here, you got some relationships in your lives that need to be healed. Some of you got some relationships with your family that need to be healed. Some of you got a long-lasting feud about a can of cream corn from when you were six years old, and your brother threw it at your head. You still haven't talked to him. Some of you got some people in your family who you just feel like are the scum of the earth. What if God wants to transform that relationship this year? I was talking about my sister a little bit ago. I don't have a very good relationship with my sister. I don't really like her. Love her, but I've never really liked her. And that's hard for me to say because she's in a hospital bed right now. And as I stand here, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking, what if I would have let God transform that relationship, and I would have set my uh, aside my pride and my own understanding And my own comfort And I would have said God, this is the one that you've called me to transform So I'm going to live my life in a way that shows our love Y'all, you, you think that I'm just talking to you I'm talking to myself We all got people like that who we can't forgive We all got people like that who we say we just don't click with Can I tell you something? You click with everybody because Acts chapter 2 says that you have all things in common. If you got Jesus in common. You click with everybody. It doesn't matter if someone rubs you the wrong way. You can't just say, well, God has somebody else for them. That's not how this business works. God has called us to love all people. God has called us to love our neighbor. What's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. What's the second one? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You ready to let God transform that relationship in your life? Maybe it's a dating relationship or a marriage relationship. You're just kind of like, well, we'll see what happens one day, right? We'll just keep doing the same exact thing that we're doing. If we just keep fighting, if we just keep doing this, or if this is just keep being detrimental to us, we'll just keep doing it. Like, it's fine. If every day we fight, it's fine. We're just going to keep doing it. If we're only dating and every day we can't even get it right or we're just doing this or we're just doing that we're just trying to make it work. What if God is calling you this year to get a new relationship and give up the toxicity in your life and begin something new? Now, in marriage, that's not as easy as it sounds. In marriage, if you're married to somebody, how about God? you let God transform that relationship and that you sacrificing yourself and loving the other more than you love yourself? Right? Let's take that for a second. That might mean you've got to work less. That might mean you've got to be more vulnerable. That might mean that you have to give up what you want to do for what she wants to do or for what he wants to do. That might mean that you need to pay attention. That might mean that your TV needs to be turned off sometimes. I'm talking to myself. That might mean that you need to slow down sometimes. That means that you need to love that person as much as you love yourself. As Ephesians 5 says, the husband is to love his wife as he loves his own body. Some of y'all love your bodies a whole lot, but you don't really care about your significant other. How about we start loving them and let God transform it this year? How about we let God transform all of our relationships? See, if we set out and embark on a journey of transformation, God is going to transform everything around us. When we are being transformed, nothing can stop from being transformed. How about this year, instead of praying for people, we love people. Now you can pray for them too, but don't just say, I'm praying for you. What if we actually loved them this year? What if we actually loved them this year? What if your coworker, who you've known for 10 years, but you don't even know his kids' names, what if this year you had lunch with him, and you shared with him who you are, you shared with him your story, and then you let them do the talking, and then you brought him into a relationship with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit? What if this year your life was not the same as it was last year? What if this year was not the same set of, uh, what are they called, those things where you want to do something in a new year, resolutions, as they have been for the last five years? What if this year, your career wasn't the most important thing to you? What if this year, God and your family was the most important thing to you? What if this year, finding a husband or a wife was not the most important thing to you? What if this year, college football or the NFL or NBA, if some of you are weird and like to do that, what if that was not the most important thing to you? What if video games were not the most important thing to you? What if getting fit was not the most important thing for you? But what if God was the most important thing for you? What if God, loving him, and then through loving him, you love others and you let it overflow from you? What if that was the most important thing to you? What if you wanted to be the one who hovers over the darkness and you show people what the light looks like and you start to speak the word of God into everybody around you and you start to see transformation happen in your workplace, in your home, in your relationships, in your bank accounts, in everything. What if this year was different than any year you have ever lived or has ever been lived? Because this year is where Christ is made majesty. This year is where he is glorified. This year is where it becomes real. What if this year is the year that Jesus takes complete and total lordship in your life? What if this year is the year of transformation in you and your family? Are you guys ready for that? Hey, this is a different church. Doesn't mean we're better. Doesn't mean we're worse. But I can promise you one thing this is a church that will, I will die. I will die leading us to the mission which God has called us to. I will die getting to know you as personally as I can. I will die getting to see Christ glorified in your life. I will sit with you when you are at your most broken. I will come to you when you feel like you got nowhere to go. I will be the pastor that God has called me to be. And through loving God, loving my family, I will be that to you. Are you ready to be that to other people? Because all I'm doing is setting the example for you. I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm more charged up now than I've ever been in my life. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to see it happen? Think about this right now, right here. Okay, I don't know how many people are in here. I have no idea. I don't count. I don't care. But I wanted you to know something right now. What if in this room we all pick two people? Two people. Kat, you know two people, right? Probably two people who don't know Jesus. Bobby, do you know two people who don't know Jesus? Colin, I know you know two people who don't know Jesus because I disciple you and you're a wild man. And it's like we <laughs> we know all these people who don't know Jesus. Beth knows two people. Cole works with two people who don't know Jesus. Drew works at the hospital. So no, no, I'm just kidding. So he knows all kinds of people who don't know Jesus. Eric knows people who don't know. Brenda, Sarah, Maggie, uh, Nick, Jesse, uh, Landon. No, not Landon. Oh, my Anyways, so Landon is your brother's name. So anyways, so I'm going to just move away from that because that's embarrassing. And so it's like Susie knows two people, Barry knows two people. We all know two people who don't know Jesus. What if you all led those two people to Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit this year? What if you did that? What if you did that? There would be transformation in the kingdom because that's 90, that's 100, that's 120 people coming into relationship with Jesus. Now, here's the thing. You can't just say, I'm going to lead them and I'm going to leave them. You got to lead them and then here comes the investment. Leading someone to Jesus is the easy part. Yeah, I said that. Leading someone to Jesus is the easy part. Nobody wants to reject the gospel. Everybody wants it. When it's shared in a way that makes that person feel like it's the gospel. Me standing up here getting all hyped up, this isn't making you want the gospel. Me sitting with you over a table, sharing with you the brokenness of who I am, hearing the brokenness of who you are, and leading you to the water of living life, that's the gospel. That's making you feel the gospel. See, when we lead them to Jesus, that's the easy part. It's the walking through life that's the hard part. It's the showing up when their grandpa dies that's the hard part. It's when they feel like they can't get out of bed and you've got to be with them and share with them the glory of Jesus Christ. Because Christians got problems. Christians get Depression. So you, they're going to be Jesus to them after you lead them to Jesus. You're going to sit with them and you're going to hear about how they long to be married, but they feel like it's never going to come. You're going to sit with them when they feel like nobody loves them and they got no friends. You're going to sit with them when they're about to get married and you're like, I don't know if I should do this. You're going to sit with them when their tires broke down, when their bank account's in negative six. And you're going to sit with them, and you're going to love them through it, and you're going to be Jesus to them. That's the hard part. Are you committed to the easy part and the hard part? Are are you ready? You can verbally say to me, are you ready? Are you you, ready? Come on, guys. Are you ready to see God transform the world? Are you tired of what it is? Amen. Are you weary and burdened for what it is and ready to see and raised and resurrected to new life? Just the way that Jesus resurrected you to new life through when he died on the cross for a sinner like you. He came from heaven and died for you. But he didn't just die on that cross. He took all the, all the sin of the word upon him on that cross. And then they put him in the tomb. And then three days later, he was resurrected. Transformation. Are you ready to let God transform you, to transform others, to resurrect the dead from death? Are you ready to see that happen? It can happen. It's not going to look like you going to a coffin and saying, get up. It's going to look like you going to your job and saying, hey, I know that you're in the darkness. Let me show you what the light looks like. Let me show you that I love you. Let me show you that Christ has called you. Let me show you that your worthiness isn't contained in your sexuality. Your worthiness isn't contained in your bank account. Your worthiness is not contained in what you do. It's contained in who did it for you. How good is that? Church, are you ready to be who Christ has called you to be? No longer formless, no longer void. No longer dark, but in the total completeness of light. It's in the first few verses of the Bible. In the beginning, God created. God is creating something beautiful in you. In this world. And Jesus ain't coming back anytime soon. So get that excuse out of the picture. There's too many people who don't know him for him to come back. We got too much work to do because he doesn't want to lose one sheep. We got business to take care of. Church, we got business to take care of. Our business is love. Are you ready to love? Are you ready to go? I can't handle this breaking my heart. Are you ready to go? Will you get with me? Will you raise up? Will you make a commitment to the spirit right now? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to see the lives change of the people around you? Are you ready to see the lame walk? Are you ready to see the beggar raised up? Are you ready to see the addict healed? Are you ready to see the person laying in the hospital bed with two hemorrhages on their brain? Are you ready to see them get up and be transformed? Are you ready to see the power of the gospel in your mom? And your dad, and your brother, and your sister, and your uncle, and your grandpa. I know people in here that got grandpas who don't know Jesus. I know people in here that got moms. I know people in here that got sisters, they got brothers, they got friends. Are you ready to see their lives change through the power of the gospel? Do you want that? Because let me tell you something. I'm sitting here today knowing that my sister doesn't know Jesus in that hospital bed. That's the pain that I'm carrying. That's the pain that I'm holding on to. That's the pain that's transforming me to never miss an opportunity again. Do you want that? Do you want to get to that hospital bed? With that person that you've known ever since you were a kid, ever since you were young, ever since you began to walk, they were with you. And you never took the opportunity to love them. Do you want to get to that point and not know, not see, not may not have another opportunity to transform their life through the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you want to get there? No, you don't. So now's the time to get up.